Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. An estimated 10 million American workers have permanent hearing loss from exposure to excessive noise at work. Hard of hearing workers face all kinds of challenges, from responding to emergencies and working safely around machinery, to communicating with coworkers and receiving training. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Brian Taylor, Senior Director of Audiology at Signia, a world-leading hearing aid manufacturer. His decades of experience in clinical and academic audiology have given him a passion for bringing cutting-edge research to life in the real world. In this episode, Brian reveals the impacts of hearing loss in the workplace and how organizations can better protect their workers from noise hazards. Let's listen in. Hey, Brian, thanks for being here today. Great to be with you, Peter. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into it. So for starters, can you give us just a bit of a background on hearing loss and who can be impacted by it? Well, according to the National Institutes of Health, about 15% of Americans over the age of 18 have some trouble with their hearing. And of course, as people age, the likelihood of them having hearing loss becomes greater. So for example, we know that with pretty good certainty that 70% of people aged 70 and above have hearing loss. We also know that about two to three children per every thousand have hearing loss as well. So it's a fairly large and substantial population that has hearing loss. Now, I'm wondering, is this just something that's systemic to the human condition, or how do workplace conditions essentially contribute to hearing loss? Because I think that could be a big part of it. There is something called age-related hearing loss, and there is evidence that just wear and tear from the noisy environments that we're in throughout our lifetimes has a big impact. I'll give you an example of what I mean. If you look at cultures and societies that have very little noise, the likelihood of hearing loss is quite low, remarkably low. But if you look at an industrialized society where people work in factories, where people are exposed to all kinds of noises in their environment, recreational noises, the likelihood of hearing loss is much, much greater. So there is an age effect, but it's more driven by environmental factors, noise around us that make those numbers what they are. And is it just with people who work in the obvious noisy conditions, like in front of jet airplanes or super loud machinery or rock concerts, or does it go beyond that? Well, those are sort of the prototypical places where you'd expect hearing loss, where today people usually wear hearing protection in those environments. A generation or two ago, they didn't. But it can be less threatening kinds of noises typically they wouldn't think about. A good example might be like a a dentist or a dental hygienist, uh, somebody working in that kind of environment, you wouldn't think that it's noisy, but the drill is quite loud. And of course, there's other environments like that around us that have, you know, not typical factory noise, but other sounds that are loud enough to cause hearing loss. And it's bad enough to lose your hearing or to have it be impacted in some way. But how does hearing loss affect worker safety? What else can it do to you in the workplace? Well, the obvious answer is that intensity level itself is enough to cause damage. But I think a couple other things that fly under the radar that we don't always think about when it comes to workplace noise, there's a a fatigue factor. 
So even though the noise may not be loud enough to cause hearing loss per se, it can be loud enough to cause fatigue, meaning you spend eight hours in a somewhat noisy condition. When you go home at night, you're going to be much more tired and worn out than somebody that's not in that noise. And of course, if somebody's fatigued, the quality of life is impacted. Even simple things like driving around when you're tired and fatigued is not not a very good thing to do. Fatigue is one condition that we have to be concerned about. And the other is just simply uh, when it's noisy, it's more difficult to communicate. So imagine we live in a pretty high-tech world today. When we think of factories today, it's usually you know factories that make medical devices and other high-tech kinds of instruments. If somebody misses the directions, you know, verbal directions from somebody they're talking with, their colleague, you know, that can cause some significant damage in the production process because you can't hear. And it seems to be one of those things where people are reluctant to say anything because they'll be looked at as having a problem or maybe they're going to fire me if they realize I can't hear anymore. Is that something you come across? There's still a stigma attached to hearing. There's also sort of that effect of people wanting to tough it out I don't need to wear hearing protection when I go to a, a concert. It's not that loud. I can I can withstand mowing my lawn for 30 minutes, but maybe one or two times or even a year or two of doing that causes relatively little harm. But you accumulate over many, many years exposure in those kinds of situations. And that's where the damage really starts to become quite impactful. Well, knowing that it's a risk and it's a risk beyond the most obvious environments, what can organizations do to create a safe hearing environment? Well, I think it starts with awareness. First of all, you have to make people aware that the noise levels are harmful, that communication might be difficult because of the noise. It could be fatiguing. So you want to raise awareness. I think another, you want to make sure that hearing protection is available, easily available, readily available, not too difficult to find. It should be laying around uh, like dispensers on the wall where you can grab them and put them in your ear. I think organizations would be wise to take periodic measurements of the noise. Some places are mandated to do that. Others, you can do simple measurements just by using your smartphone. There's sound level meter apps that work pretty well. But it's mainly just raising awareness, making hearing protection available, maybe offering periodic hearing screenings, those kinds of things. So what is the maximum level of decibels that someone should see on a sensor before they say, you know what, I better put some hearing protection on? The answer to that question is related to the time that a person is exposed. So the two variables when it comes to harmful levels are the dB level, how intense is the noise or the sound, and for how long are you exposed? And typically, if it's 85 dB for more than... 30 minutes, that's harmful. That's a good rule of thumb. So if you're in a restaurant environment and you take out your phone and you have a sound level meter app on there and it's reading over the average is over 85, you want to try to avoid that situation. Is there anything that would surprise people about how hearing loss happens at work? Well, I think kind of along the lines we're talking about, I think people don't realize that it doesn't take that much relatively low intensity level to cause damage over time. I mean, I think a lot of people think that you have to be working in some, you know, factory like a foundry or a place with incredible levels of noise. I think of like the old newspaper production facilities, super loud printing presses. It doesn't have to be loud. There are a lot of places where it's much more innocuous. 
and causing damage. There's a lot of these these newer medical device facilities where they manufacture high-tech consumer electronics, these smaller kinds of facilities where the noise levels might be, they're not 90, 95, they're more like 80, 85, and that can cause damage over time. Well, what kind of accommodations should organizations make for people who are experiencing hearing loss in the workplace? Well, I think begin with uh, trying to acoustically treat any room. If you can, if you can reduce reverberation, it's surprising by just having absorbent tiles on the ceiling, on the, on the walls, the less hard surfaces where sounds can bounce around, the better. Just doing that can oftentimes make it a little easier for people to hear. Another thing that people sometimes forget about is the distance between people. If you can somehow make the distance maybe a little shorter between people that have to communicate, if they're building something on a line, if you can shorten the distance even a few feet, that can make a difference and make it easier to, for the people to talk to one another. And then if you can eliminate or attenuate the noise at its source, you know, different types of baffling or mufflers or whatever it is to make it quieter at the source of the noise would make a difference. Outside of being the right thing to do, are there incentives for organizations to provide these kinds of accommodations? I think that there's a couple of different ways you can look at that. One is, I think some places might be mandated to do some of those things to make the noise less harmful, depending on the level, of course. Another would be, I think, maybe indirectly, is if you want a happy workforce, if you want to reduce turnover, if you want your employees to be more productive, then maybe just taking a few steps, making maybe a nominal investment in absorbent material in the room could pay dividends. Now getting on to a topic that's near and dear to my heart, emergency communication. So what should organizations know about communicating with people that have hearing loss when they're in an emergency situation? A couple of different things. You probably want to have closed captioning or visual form of, of communication. So if you're talking to somebody, maybe relying on text along with audio so they can see what's being said. I think that's really important, especially if somebody's in noise. You got to rely more on the visual form of communication. I think that another possibility might be having amplification on the phone so you can make maybe boost up the sound of the voices a little bit. And then maybe a third alternative, there are these, we call them personal sound amplification devices or assistive listening devices that you could pop into somebody's ears, basically like a disposable over-the-counter hearing aid that a person could wear temporarily if they need a little bit of a boost in the voices. Well, can you think of an example of an organization that has done a, a really great job of creating policies to prevent hearing loss or just made an impactful accommodation for those experiencing hearing loss? The best example I know is the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. That's not a place where there's a lot of noise, but it's a great example of making accommodations for people that might have hearing loss that are trying to have a conversation with their doctor or a nurse. And what they do is throughout that medical center, people have access to these assistive listening devices that I was talking about. So imagine a medical center where the average age is probably well over 65 for people coming in for appointments. Anyone over the age of 65 or 70, they give them access to one of these non-custom amplifiers that they can wear while they're in the hospital or in their doctor's appointment so that they can have a, a better, more effective conversation with the medical staff. 
I can think of examples in the high tech world where you know they're manufacturing sophisticated equipment where they have hearing protection devices readily available, the disposable kind we talked about before that people can use. And along with those hearing protection devices, they also have acoustically treated the room so that it's easier for people to converse while they're working. Those are great examples. And as I think about this, ultimately, it's up to the person with the ears to take charge of their own condition. And oftentimes, they don't want to do that. So what can an organization do to just overall better educate and equip their workers to protect their own hearing on the job and in life in general? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that it all starts with education and awareness. I think that people need to know that age-related hearing loss, noise-induced hearing loss is not a benign condition. Not only does it affect daily communication, but it affects overall quality of life. People in their 50s and 60s begin to notice the ill effects of hearing loss, that that hearing loss can be treated it's better to treat it when it's mild and do it um, that that hearing loss can be treated. Uh, it's better to treat it when it's mild and, and do it uh, when somebody's younger rather than waiting when the problem becomes worse. We know that untreated hearing loss, people that have it are more likely to suffer from cognitive decline, depression, social isolation, loneliness. And it's good to get a baseline hearing test when you're in your 50s and not wait till you're in your 70s. You know, I didn't even think about the mental health aspect of this. Can you talk more about that a little bit? There's a lot of data out there. This has been a kind of a hot topic in my profession for the last decade or so, looking at the risk factors associated with untreated hearing loss. And so there's been a, two or three different universities around the world that have studied this extensively over the last 10 years. And people with hearing loss are, depending on the degree of hearing loss, but even people with mild hearing loss are more likely to be depressed, more likely to be socially isolated, more likely to suffer from cognitive decline. People that have a moderate hearing loss, for example, I think are like five times more likely to have dementia compared to similarly aged people with normal hearing. So there's all kinds of reasons to check your hearing, get treatment for it. And society, for some reason, it's beginning to shift now, but Hearing loss has kind of flown under the radar. We don't really, we take it for granted. We don't think it's a big deal when you lose your hearing when you get older, but we're starting to see that there's a lot of consequences associated with it that aren't very good. Well, Brian, this has been great. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I promise the next time I use my chainsaw, I won't only wear my AirPods. Yeah, try not to tough it out. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> don't wear your AirPods when you're on the chainsaw. That's for sure. Absolutely. Thanks again. Well, to learn more about Brian and his work with Signia, click the links in the show notes. Tune in next week for more expert advice to help you protect your business and your people. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.